everybody. Wednesday, 9th of March, and I'm into the outback tomorrow. Hooray! Leaving you all to produce the newsletter for the next couple of weeks or so. I've had three motorcycle trips cancelled in the last two years, so finally getting out there. Tell everyone, Marcus, just quickly what you'll be riding in the outback. I will be riding a BMW F850 GSA, which has got a 23-litre petrol tank and can do 550 kilometres in one hit. Good. There you go. I'll go with my brother, who's on a Tenere, which is going to need to carry a fuel bladder. I don't need one of those. No bladder for you. Marcus. No, my, my uh, tank is big enough. Thank you very much. Good. We'll be doing about 400 kilometres a day, and if we've got internet, I will try and send some pictures. Fantastic. Nice. Right, overnight, not such a great session overnight, considering the reversal. At one point, the Dow Jones is up about 600 points, and it closed down 185, so that's a 770-point reversal. And I've looked, you'll see in my strategy piece today, I've looked at all the charts, all the moving averages are turning the wrong way, and this is not something that you buy into this trend and if you look at the VIX volatility index as well the fear index as some people call it got a bit of a spike going on you're supposed to buy when others are fearful but I think that should be amended to buy when fear peaks because it certainly doesn't seem to have peaked yet so everything trending the wrong way our market doing okay though we had a pretty shabby day yesterday down 58 was it after opening up and today we've opened up again around 20 points or so and and some of the technology stocks are doing a, bit, a little bit better, uh, but commodities doing well as well. One of the comments I liked in the morning pre-market section was that we are seeing a perfect storm in commodities at the moment. And you've probably seen they stopped nickel trading last night because a private Chinese company that produces stainless steel has got into a pickle with its hedging and has dumped $8 billion in paper losses, apparently. And I should add to that the LME said they don't expect that nickel contract to be trading back until about Friday. So a few days oh, okay. of um, no trading there. But it's like that oil price. It's, it's, uh, well, I'm doing my whole strategy piece now, but it's like the oil price falling to minus $40. It's a market liquidity derivatives leverage trading issue, not a supply demand issue. So it's short term and will doubtless reverse. But overnight, having jumped 75% yesterday, the nickel price at one point doubled again last night. So it's temporary stuff. The other interesting issue is Peabody, which is the US's largest coal supplier, which has operations in Australia, has a has made a 524 or had a 524 million dollar margin call and had to borrow 150 million from Goldman Sachs to cover their coal hedging. And they have sold their production from their Australian operations at $84, and the coal price is currently $420, five times the price. So they've got a margin call on their hedging contracts, which you wouldn't expect, and uh, have had to borrow money. They've apparently got $900 million in liquidity, but they, they <laughs> you have to hope the coal price sorts itself out as well. So you've got all these commodities absolutely flying at the moment. Uh, a lot of it surely has to be temporary. And otherwise, gold price was up to 2.4%. That's $2,000. Have a look at the gold price chart. We have always, or I have always, ignored gold stocks. What a mistake. Uh, iron ore down 0.3%. Bond yields dropping a little bit as well. Oil price up 3.6% as the UK and US bad.
ban Russian oil imports, and Europe's thinking about banning imports as well, but haven't done. The Russians still talking about the oil price going to $300 if they cut the pipeline into Europe. Right, otherwise... Sorry, Marcus. Did Russia... I read Russia banned their exports as well at the same time. A little bit of a, oh, you're not going to take our stuff. Well, we're not going to give it to you anyway. But I read that Russia banned all exports until the end of the year. Okay, there you go. ECB tomorrow, ECB meeting, European Central Bank meeting tomorrow, FOMC meeting next week, Rio ex-dividend tomorrow, Chinese inflation numbers today, and Philip Lowe talking at the moment. What's he said, Tom? So he's speaking at the AFR Business Summit today, and there were some interesting comments yesterday as well. You can check the newsletter for those. He's pretty much saying it is plausible the cash rate will be increased this year, and that commentary has changed, but that has been signposted for a while that it is plausible that we'll see higher rates this year. Inflation, he added that inflation is not sustainable enough for a rate rise just yet. Added most Australians are experiencing wage increases of no more than two point something. And they had signposted for a while they wanted to see wages greater than 3% uh, before a rate hike would be considered. On the, stock, on the stock front, we've got IAG upping its natural perils claims guidance on the back of those East Coast storms and they are down about 1%. Origin Energy announced an on-market share buyback of $250 million, which is expected to start in April. Nickel Mines also not liking that LME contract suspension. They're down as much as 10% in early trade. And Aristocrat Leisure is up 4%. There was some speculation this morning they would announce a $600 million buyback after there was that flat failed Playtech acquisition. But they've also suspended gaming in Russia and that was uh, immaterial to them, but uh, the market enjoying that. Brambles, Costa Group and Ascent Group are trading ex-dividend. As you said, Rio ex-dividend tomorrow. China inflation data for producers and consumers is due. We also have US inflation data out on Thursday expected to remain at multi-decade highs. And as we just said, the US banning Russian oil imports, that's not going to help the inflation picture there. We already saw gasoline price hit a record overnight in the US, something like $4 a gallon. Right. And nickel mines down 19% today. There's nothing on the news wires about why, but I assume they've got their hedging in a pickle as well or something. Anyway, we will doubtless see. Right. Chris, what we've got going on in technical trades this Thanks, Marcus. It's uh, just worth noting that there isn't a great deal going on at the moment. I will have a look at a gold stock, a trade at lunchtime, so keep an eye out for that. I won't give the stock code away right now. But just in terms of the signal list, which I do produce every morning, the buy signals list is about a handful, and the sell signal list is getting is getting quite long. Getting so out of hand. Yeah, it is. It's getting out of hand um, and taking up too much space in the newsletter. But it is just a data point highlighting that there are many more stocks trending lower, and that, of course, marries up with what we're seeing at an index level as well. There is a little stock, uh, stock I've focused on this morning called John's Ling Group. Tom wrote it up as a buy, hold, sell probably a couple of months ago. And Ben and I actually hold it in the uh, in the SMA and it's done very, very well for us. They do rebuilding work following natural disasters, rebuilding communities, helping to get things back on track. And of course, they're probably getting a, a leg up from the unfortunate scenes we've seen in Queensland and New South Wales of late. I was looking at resistance at $8. It has punched through that this morning and he's trading up towards $8.20. So that was really the signal that I was looking for through that level and could end up being a nice little trend.
trade. The other side of what Tom was just talking about in regards to the insurers and it costing them money. You know, it is unfortunate the events that we see, but it benefits John's Ling. So uh, potentially a trade there for anyone who's interested. We've done fabulously out of John's Ling, which I think was Ben's pick how long ago? Six, eight months ago? Yeah, maybe even pushing a little bit longer than that. But yeah, yeah, it's done well. It's done very well. Well done. Leighton, anything on the broker front of interest today? Thanks, Marcus. A few downgrades and upgrades today. Got Beach Energy. Macquarie has downgraded to underperform, but they lifted their target price slightly, and that's still implying a downside of around 9%. They commented that the downgrade is due to Beach Energy's limited spot pricing exposure and believes... I think what happens, Leighton, is when share prices go up a lot, a lot of brokers find have a, a mechanism certainly Morningstar used to do this mm-hmm. to the point where their recommendations were almost worthless because what they were doing they said that uh, rather than have analysts have opinions they set a fair value target and if a share price goes a certain percentage above a fair value target it automatically triggers a sell recommendation that's what Morningstar was doing yeah. when it drops a certain amount it automatically triggers a buy recommendation which is just technically illogical <laughs> because stocks that go down become a buy stocks that go up become a sell and so a lot of people lost faith in Morningstar I don't mind Morningstar listening to this a lot of people lost faith in Morningstar because their recommendations were too mechanical I think City used to do this as well uh, and you lose the opinion and when you're providing a lot of research as Morningstar does to other brokers it white labels its research you end up needing to provide action because they never want to have anything a radical opinion because they've got so many people slaving off their research so they put in a mechanism but the mechanism doesn't provide any value so anyway so but my point being on beach petroleum as the share price goes up people have fair value targets it looks overpriced and you get sell recommendations yeah anyway, sorry yeah. carry on that's all good there was an upgrade for mineral resources city upgraded to a buy and retained its target price which is 26 percent above the current share price and rio tinto city has commented that rio is not expensive however considering the share price is increased 33% over the last three months. This could be what you were just alluding to there, Marcus. They have downgraded to neutral and lifted the target price in line with the current share price. Also, uh, uh, one, one of the things on Rio is the same as the resources boom back in 2002-2005 is that BHP was on a PE of around seven, eight, nine times, which always looked cheap. And the share price doubled. I think it went up vastly more than doubled. But the PE remained around seven, to nine times it continuously looked cheap because their earnings were rising just as fast so with Rio if you have a city interesting that city still think it's cheap even though the share price is up it doesn't matter if the earnings are going up as well which means the iron ore price is going up so uh, uh, share price rises don't necessarily mean things are a sell and particularly in resources if the earnings are keeping pace which are clearly city is suggesting they are at Rio anyway sorry Rio's PE just for that is under seven. Right. So on that metric, it is no surprise that they're saying it's not expensive. And and the yield will be yeah. something ridiculous uh, as well. Yeah, so the same Google with, yield says 9%. Yeah, same, same with BHP and same with Fortescue. Yeah, BHP's a 10 PE. But as I've, as I've said a million times, you never buy these stocks on PEs and yields because they will follow the iron ore price and the iron ore price will lead the earnings by six months or more. And therefore the PE can look cheap, but forecasts haven't been downgraded. Sorry, late. Back to you. Just got one more. Breville Group is down 12% since they reported despite reporting 24% year-on-year sales growth. Morgan Stanley expects the guidance to be retained at its May trading
rating update and it's retained its overweight rating with a target price of $36, which implies a 46% upside. Right, good. Thanks. Uh, Breville is in the forever portfolio, which hasn't been performing terribly well just recently. Right, in my strategy piece, I've covered a few of my bits, but I just mentioned the ideas portfolio. We currently have no ideas in the ideas portfolio. We killed it off when the market peaked because there is no point swimming against the tide. Uh, maybe I should have bought the Bear ETF or the BBOS ETF. The Bear ETF, by the way, matches the inverse of the ASX 200, and BBOS is a geared inverse of the ASX 200. It's a sort of two and a half times multiple to whatever the ASX 200 isn't doing. Anyway, maybe I should have bought those, but we don't have anything at the moment. At some point, we are going to get the ideas portfolio going again when the market bottoms. I don't think that's yet. I talked about what to buy, which is very likely to be what I've described as the war trade. And I've got a link to my strategy piece yesterday in today's strategy piece, highlighting stocks to buy for the day the market bottoms and the market stops worrying about war. Right, a couple of other things. I am attempting to get Peter Harold, my friend and the CEO of Poseidon Nickel, which is a stock I hold, on a podcast today to talk to us about what is going on with the nickel market. And also I'll ask him what's the timeline for news out of Poseidon Nickel, because I know a lot of members hold it at the moment. And I've also had an email about stop losses, which is surely, I think things, things always happen the opposite of what they should do in the stock market. When you get emails asking about how to set stop losses, it's probably too late. Surely a sign that the market's about to bottom. Anyway, I got an email about uh, stop losses and how to set them. So I have written an article about stop losses and introduction to stop losses. What are they? And even for long-term investors, some of the principles of stop losses are worth reading about and maybe at some point adopting. Right. And that article, by the way, is in the newsletter today. Right. Good. Right. Question of the day today. Yesterday, we did if you were a car, what car would you be? With some laughable answers, <laughs> Tom. And today we are going to do coffee and milk. What coffee do you drink and what milk do you have in it? Tom. I have a latte and normal milk. But on, on the milk point, I did see potato milk. There was a headline, potato milk could see or could be in your cafe soon. So that's another one to add to the list. Marvellous. I'd like to see someone milk a potato. Clayton. Uh, almond cap for me. Almond cap. Right. Uh, you are a vegetarian, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> not that, but you're not a vegan, are you? No, not vegan. Okay. And Ben? I am not a vegetarian, but I'm also an almond cap in the colder months and then an iced long black in the warmer months. Oh, very good. Chris? I am an almond latte, but I'm also partial to the odd chai latte, which no doubt I'll cop some grief for at the end of the <laughs> I, I wouldn't generalise about anyone who drinks chai latte, <laughs> but maybe I'll get someone else to help me move house. <laughs> <laughs> and for me I am a latte fat milk and I have a friend who did a three-year course course on nutrition and I saw her mother appear with the shopping and her mother was staying and she decided to go out and do the shopping came back with skim milk and my friend picked the skim milk up and put it straight in the bin because her knowledge of nutrition suggested that that was nothing to do with milk it was simply white 
chemicals, carcinogenic, and she wouldn't touch it. And I was quite impressed by that. I'm a fat milk latte. There we go. And that's about it. And as I leave you, despite the spy being up five this morning, we're up 40. Things looking pretty relaxed in Australia. So, so they should in the middle of a perfect storm in commodities. I will be away now for a couple of weeks. Everybody else is in the hands of the marvellous Marcus Today team. You have a fabulous day. We will speak to you tomorrow. Thank you.